You're tuned into the Authentic Podcast, where we explore the transformative power of embracing the reality of Jesus Christ. As we embark on this journey together, we will navigate the depths of faith and discover the profound impact that Jesus has on our spiritual walk. In this space, you will find real and inspiring conversations about faith and how as a believer we should navigate the kingdom reality. We are excited that you are part of an adventure where authenticity and faith intersect. Welcome to the Authentic Podcast. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Um, I have a burning word that is in my heart that I just need to share. The word that I need to share is called he who must be named. So there was a moment this morning when I was in prayer and all of this just kind of unfolded. Um, before I get into the word that I need to release, I would like to go into a moment of prayer very quickly. Father, we just thank you for the ability to hear you. We thank you that you tore the veil, that we don't have to go far to hear from you. All we need to do is quiet our spirits to hear you, quiet ourselves, come before you, Lord. We just thank you for this amazing privilege that was your will, that was your design. Holy Spirit, I just pray that it is your words that are on my lips that your goal here is accomplished, that Jesus Christ is edified and glorified through all of this. Holy Spirit, I need your help to get this word out. Uh, so I thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Um, so I have a rough outline of what this word looks like, um, but I know that the Holy Spirit is going to take it over and put it out there uh, the way that it, it should be. So before I get into the moment of prayer that led to this word, I have um, scripture. There's going to be a lot of scripture reading in tonight, uh, in tonight's word, and I just want everything to be revolved around that. And there is a main issue. This, this word is for the body of Christ, and there is a main issue that I believe the Lord is trying to target and expose expose is going to be um, a buzzword for tonight so let's dive into the many uh, verses in scripture that i have for tonight the first one is in genesis 1 and it's verse 3 and god said let there be light and there was light god saw that the light was good and he affirmed and sustained it. And God separated the light, distinguishing it from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. So we all know that verse. All right, let's go to the next one. I have pens in my Bible to separate everything. This is John chapter 1, and um, I'm just going to kind of bounce around like verse 4 to 13. So this is talking about in the beginning how the Word is with God and the Word was God, 
where it became Flash Jesus Christ. All things were made and came into existence through him, and without him not even one thing was made that has come into being. Verse 4, In him was life, and the power to bestow life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it, or overpower it, or appropriate it, or absorb it, and is unreceptive to it. It goes on to describe how John came to testify about the light, but he himself was not the light. But verse 9, there it was, the true light, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light, which coming into the world enlightens everyone. So the light and the darkness not understanding it, this is Jesus Christ. Um, he came into the world. The world did not recognize him, did not understand him. His own Jewish nation rejected him and didn't understand what this light was. But he was the light of men. And as to many, and as many as did receive and welcome him, this is verse 12, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God. That is to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name, who were born not of blood, which is natural conception, nor of the will of flesh through physical impulse, nor of the will of man, that of a natural father, but of God. We are born spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified from above. So what's really cool that is in Genesis 1, when it's talking about how God said, let there be light, and he created this, let is a command, but really, like when you dive into the Greek, the English words and, and, and base for English doesn't have uh, a descriptor that is deep enough to describe what God is doing there. In Gen 1, God is actually willing everything into existence. It isn't a command. He is willing it. This is his will that light come. And what's really cool is those who believe in Jesus, who is the light of men, okay? Jesus is the light of man. And who believes in him, who trusts in him, is born from above. Check this. Not by the will of man, but by the will of God. God willed light into existence. The light of man comes. We who believe in him are born from above because of God's will to be the light. All right, stick with me. I know, all right, dude, why are you talking about light? I'm telling you, there is a word here that needs to be released to the body. Just stick with me, but it just, everything always has to be backed by scripture, right? Um, test all things in the spirit. Here we go. So from Genesis to John to 1 John, all, all number one chapters, where are we at here with this? Okay. This is kind of going to be verse 5 and on for a little bit. Maybe verse 4. Verse 5. 
This is the message of God's promised revelation, which we have heard from him and now announce to you that God is light. He is holy. His message is truthful. He is perfect in righteousness, and in him there is no darkness at all, no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness of sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we really walk in the light, that is, live each and every day in conformity with the precepts of God, as he himself is in the light, we have true, unbroken fellowship with one another, he with us and we with him. And the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin by erasing the stain of sin, keeping us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. Yes, sin takes on many forms and manifestations, and we know that sin is not light, that it is from darkness, that when darkness is within us, right, and we are living by darkness, how that is manifested looks nothing like Jesus. And if we do believe in Jesus and we are walking as he walked, as if we are walking as the light walked and we are manifesting things that do not look like Jesus Christ, we need to double check that we are following the correct Jesus Christ because there's a Jesus Christ out there that isn't the true authentic one. And a lot of the church is preaching this Jesus Christ, but it is a partial gospel. It is not the full gospel. It is a, a false and fake Jesus Christ. So let's continue on here. How can I leave you with that? If we say we have no sin, refusing to admit that we are sinners, we delude ourselves and the truth is not in us. His word does not live in our hearts. If we freely admit, this is so beautiful, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything, not in conformity with his will and purpose. This is a promise that if we admit, if we confess our sins, God is so many things, but what he is not is a liar. He will always stay true to his nature. And one of those things that he willed for us is to be light. Oh, come on. God is always transforming and renewing us into light because we have been predestined to look like and be conformed into Jesus Christ, the image of Jesus Christ, right? We are always growing and looking more like him, Jesus. So this is good. We know that God is willing and working this in our lives. If we say, verse 10, that we have not sinned, refusing to admit acts of sin, we make him out to be a liar by contradicting him and his word is not in us. And I'm going to fast forward here uh, until chapter 2, verse 5. 
Verse 4, whoever says, I have come to know him, but does not habitually keep focused on his precepts and obey his commandments is a liar, and the truth of the divine word is not in him. But whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts and treasures his message in its entirety, not a portion, not half, not three quarters, not 99.9%, 100% in its entirety, the entire full gospel. We're talking all of the signs and the miracles and the wonders that are still for today, right? If uh, we did not need those things, why is the world in such chaos? It's because we have a real enemy who has come to destroy us, who has come to kill us, who has come to steal from us, right? These things are still relevant today. We are talking the full gospel. Jesus didn't pray, pay a portion. He did pray. He did not pay a portion on the cross. When he was crucified, he said, it is finished, finished. If you believe in God, you know that he is perfect. And when he does something, he does it right. And there's so many moves, so many things that we don't understand, that we could never recognize, that we would never be able to wrap our head around in a trillion years. And when Jesus Christ said, it is finished on that cross, hmm, what all did he finish? Have you ever asked yourself that? What all did he finish? Well, he, uh, you know, he... He canceled my my debt, brother. He, you know, uh, he, he did it for my sins. Well, well, yeah, he did. But stop living as a sinner and live as the light. You are now in right standing with God. You have access to his throne. You are a friend of Jesus Christ himself. I'm telling you, that same resurrection power, you've heard it a million times, that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is living inside of you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. You are light. Hmm. What did Jesus Christ finish on that cross? It's more than just what the eye meets. It is, it is more than what we have been told. There is a deeper accomplishment in continued uh, completed works of the cross through those words, it is finished. Through Jesus Christ and his shedding of his blood and resurrection. That's the important part, that he rose again. Name me another God that did that. You can't. All right. So here we go. In its entirety. Let's just start that verse over. But whoever habitually keeps his word and obeys his precepts and treasures his message in its entirety... In him, the love of God has truly been perfected. Has been perfected? I thought we couldn't reach perfection on this side of glory. It is completed and has reached maturity. By this we know for certain that we are in him. Mm, Jesus. Whoever says he lives in Christ, that is, whoever says he has accepted him as, as God and Savior ought as a moral obligation <laughs> to walk and conduct himself just as he, he here means Jesus Christ, just as he walked and conducted himself as a moral obligation. I, if I believe in Jesus Christ and the full gospel as it, in its entirety, I need 
to conduct myself and walk just as Jesus Christ conducted himself and walked. If I'm not doing this, what am I doing? What gospel am I believing in? What Jesus Christ am I believing in? What practice am I doing in my faith? As my own moral obligation, one who loves God, who should love others, who wants to obey God's commandments and precepts. Yeah, brother, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I'm a believer. Okay, then why are you not walking as Jesus Christ did? Well, he was Jesus. Yeah, but he's living inside of you. That is hogwash. I dislike so much. Holy Spirit is just taking this word and he is just expanding upon it. I love you, Holy Spirit. This is so good. Thank you. It is such a cop-out when people say, well, he was Jesus. Okay, yes, definitely. He was Jesus Christ, okay? The firstborn of death. Dude was incredible. He did what you and I could never do, right? Awesome. When he said it is finished on the cross, now when God looks at me, he sees Jesus Christ. Why? Because I was co-crucified with Jesus Christ. My old man, my dead man, my sins, my old way, my old morality is hung on that cross with Jesus Christ. And I have risen with him. I have ascended with him in heaven. My new life is in Jesus Christ, where he is seated at the right hand of God. I am an heir, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm in right standing with God. Do you believe this? The Bible says it, but do you believe it? As my own moral obligation, I ought to be walking as Jesus Christ. John 14, he says that we will do things greater than him. This is Jesus, red letter, saying that we will do things greater than him. Whoa. But he was Jesus yeah, well, he just did all of the heavy lifting for you. And you got that power of God living inside of you. You are now in right standing with God. You don't have to give sacrifices. You don't have to hope that the 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 holy priest, right, goes into the holy of holies and is able to come out and they, they don't have to tug him because the presence of God murdered him in there because he blipped up and didn't do the sacrifice right. The same presence of God that would kill a holy priest, right, that killed Uzzah while carrying the, the covenant of God. This same presence of God lives inside of you. That tells me we are mighty pure and clean and in right standing with God to house that presence. That's pretty cool. So that is how we can do things greater than Jesus. But here's the thing. We have to believe in its entirety the full gospel, 100%, not a quarter, not a portion of it, the whole thing. We need to believe it. We need to uproot unbelief. We need to um, rid, expel darkness from our bodies, from our souls. We need to fix our eye. These are some actually some verses I'm going to touch on. Fix our eye on the light. We are light. We were formerly darkness, and now we are light. God has willed us. What is God's will for your life? To be light, to walk like Jesus Christ. If Jesus did it, you should be doing it too. But Jesus cast out demons. He raised 
people from the dead and 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 healed like everyone. Yeah, you should be doing that too. It Jesus did it, and we're supposed to look and walk like Jesus. We should be doing it too. At the end of Mark, it's a beautiful verse. Holy Spirit, I love you. At the end, it says, "These who believe." The, these signs will follow. For those believers, these signs will follow. And it lists like five of them, all amazing things. If you're not seeing those come to fruition, if you're not seeing God be made manifest in your life, what are you believing? What are you walking like? What are you showing? What precepts are you obeying? Where are you setting your feet and marching towards? This life is a gift. If it's not for Jesus, who's it for? If it's for you, that's not the right answer. And if it's not for God, then it must be for Satan. If you're not for him, you're against him. If you do not gather... You scatter. It's it's black and white. Plain as day. All right, let's continue on. So here's the word. Um, and then obviously there's... Good, well, maybe not so obvious. Uh, this is like my first public word that I have released. Um, super not formal and obviously thrown together because the Holy Spirit is just mixing it. Um, but this morning I was spending time with the Lord. Now, not every day is like that. Um, so I don't want you to uh, think that some people are high and holy and righteous. Nobody can claim a superior or a, a, a spiritual superiority. That means nobody is better than anybody else. Uh, Jesus served. He says, those who are the least of them. The head will be made the tail. The tail will be made the head. It's all about being lowly, being humble, having humility, not exalting oneself. God does not like the proud. And I praise God because I was very prideful in heart. But thank you, Jesus, for giving me a heart of flesh and destroying that heart of stone. You know, you can pray for that, right? If you deal with pride, say, Lord, take my heart of stone. Give me a heart of flesh. It's a promise. He does it. That's he, He's a heart surgeon. He's a lot of things, uh, and a heart surgeon is one of them. So I'm spending time in the morning with the Lord. Like I said, sometimes you got to get to work. You got to do your thing. But when you have time, nothing's going on. Don't turn on Netflix. Turn on the Holy Spirit inside of you, who's always on. It's more or less as you need to turn on your receptors, get on your knees, open up the word, pray to him, be with him. And I'm spending time with him, right? And part of my time with him is I like to learn, right? And there's other books outside of the Bible that are great resources that are all biblically sound that... Are real people's experiences as children of God, as sons and of daughters. So I'm going through learning about deliverance, which is something that is on my heart heavy. Uh, from the start, when I first really gave my life to Jesus Christ, he started to show me the power of God. And one of those first things that he showed me was deliverance. And everyone 
freaks out and gets scared. Ooh, supernatural and, 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 and all of this stuff. If you believe in Jesus Christ, there is nothing natural about that dude. There is nothing natural about Jesus Christ, but you believe in him, right? You follow him. You're a Christian in all of this, but yet you have a problem with healing and casting out of demons and speaking in tongues. We're talking all biblical things, scriptural things. Jesus Christ, the God of the supernatural. Yet we're afraid to talk about deliverance. Cut me a break. All right. So I'm learning about deliverance and uh, there's this section in the book and it's talking about exposing the enemy. And that's really what the word is today. It revolves around light. It revolves around identity. It revolves around exposing the enemy. And I used to watch a movie and read its series of books called Harry Potter. Now, not all of you may be familiar with Harry Potter. It's so demonic um, now that I have spiritual eyes to see. And I've had to repent from watching Harry Potter and being a fanboy. I've even had to renounce being uh, being a Gryffindor. So there's like different houses that you can claim to be. And I renounced my allegiance to Gryffindor because you have to understand that we have power. Christians, we are a new creature born from above, made in the image of God. What we could not do previously, we can do now because spiritual life, brand new spiritual life and awakening, it, it brings a whole new set of things that are capable and possible to us. We're talking about the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're talking about resurrection. We're talking about actual power. Power. Christians have power. It's okay to want power. It's okay to have power. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4.20 says that the kingdom of God is not of talk. It's of power. All of the ministers, all of the apostles, all of the disciples, all of the men and women of God who preached a word, what followed it? Signs, miracles, wonders. Why? Because if it's an authentic word from Jesus Christ, we're talking the 100% gospel, there's going to be signs that follow. There's going to be miracles that follow. God's word does not return void. It goes out. It accomplishes what it's supposed to do. We are ambassadors of Christ. We hold authority. There is power in our tongue. So I had to renounce pledging allegiance to Gryffindor because in the spirit, I have now partnered up with demons saying, oh, I, I belong to Gryffindor, this witchcraft wizarding world in, in the house, and I'm, I'm claiming this. No, I ought not claim anything else than Jesus Christ in the identity that he has clothed me with. If I'm claiming that I'm this and I'm that, and Jesus doesn't claim that I'm that thing, I'm coming into agreement with the wrong thing, brother. <laughs> and I need to get rid of that thing, and I need to repent from that. So Harry Potter, it's this wizard, wizarding world. 
Um, Harry Potter is the main character. He has some friends. He goes through all of these adventures. And really, it is a story about good versus evil, light versus darkness. And all right, let's just get into it. Um, so it's talking about this book's talking about exposing the enemy. And in this movie, there is an evil, evil character. He would be the Satan uh, to our story, if you will. And this guy's name is Lord Voldemort. Now, Lord Voldemort is somebody that all of these wizards and everyone in this magical world is afraid of. I mean, afraid of. He has them bound by fear. This dude, he was uh, diabolical, menacing. He murders. He it's, it's all about himself. He's trying to get people to come over to his side and be Death Eaters uh, and pledge allegiance to him and get this creepy tattoo on their right arm. Wow, thank you, Holy Spirit. So Lord Voldemort brings so much fear to this world to this realm right that they dub him the the uh he who must not be named he who must not be named they they are so afraid of him that they don't even say his name but it is he who must be named and that is why today's message today's word is called he who must be named and i'm still talking about satan here now, Harry Potter, the main character, he's the the good one, you know? He, he's the one who's supposed to defeat Lord Voldemort, right? Spoiler, sorry, guys, uh, about Harry Potter, but I'm going to definitely bring out, like, <laughs> some endings here if you haven't seen the movie. Um, but it's okay. It's okay, because this that stuff's not important anyways. Jesus Christ is what's important. So let's just move forward here. So Harry Potter is actually dubbed the boy who lived. <laughs> He's the chosen one. See, when he was a baby, Lord Voldemort murdered his parents and tried to murder Harry Potter. But the curse that he put on Harry Potter backfired. And this is why uh, Harry's called the boy who lived because he was not murdered by Lord Voldemort, but he survived the attack. And there's a parallel to draw here how Satan crucifies Jesus. But yet Jesus rises from the dead, the firstborn of death, the boy who lived, if you will. Okay. So anyways, um, this all goes on this stories unfolding and things are happening where Lord Voldemort's trying to gain power and Harry Potter is pushing back the power and he is exposing the darkness and it gets to this point and I, I don't want to get into all of the nitty-gritty details and just geek you guys out um, because it's hard to follow and there's no need to go there but in a portion of the movie Harry starts to learn about Lord Voldemort. He understands how to defeat Lord Voldemort. There are certain tasks that he has to accomplish, certain idols, if you will, that he has to destroy. And ultimately, um, in the end, he has to expose Lord Voldemort for what he is and conquer him. 
And throughout this time, he raises up an army called Dumbledore's Army. I'm just geeking out here. And he starts training and equipping all of these people on how to stand for themselves, how to fight for themselves, who Lord Voldemort is, what they need to know, um, the truth, not a false reality or neglecting it or even um, just saying like it's, it's, it's not there, so we're just not going to worry about it. And what's crazy is Lord Voldemort's activities actually manifest into the real human world, the non-wizarding world. Um, people from all over start to see these manifestations take place and this darkness starts to encamp and come over the world because we know that what is going on in the spiritual makes itself manifest on the earth. You look at all of, um, during Roe v. Wade, how everyone was gathered around the courthouse, how there was all these protests, how there's this big battle for abortion. Well, what was going on in the spirit was actually being made manifest. Look back at the hippies, right? Peace and love. Well, God was pouring out his love and those who were of Jesus Christ, they got it. That's the Jesus people movement, right? But those who are of the world and who are living for Satan, because if you're not living for God, you're living, you're serving Satan. And those who were living in the world, they were the hippies. They were the ones having sex and drugs and, and peace and love. And they were picking up because we're spiritual antennas created in God's image. They were picking up on what was going on in the spirit, but how the response was determines who our Lord and Savior is, who our King is, who we're obeying, whose precepts we are following. So the Lord is just sharing all of this stuff through Harry Potter about us, the body, the church, and how we cannot discuss Satan. That's weird and not right. Why is it that we don't discuss Satan? Well, I, I don't, I don't want to give Satan more credit where he's due. He doesn't deserve to be talked about and, and, and all of these things. And, and yeah, we don't want to give him more credit where he's due. And he is the biggest loser that there ever was, will be, is going to be. He's lost. It, it's written. It's his fate. It's sealed up. It's his eternity of suffering. But he is our enemy. He is the one that we are fighting against. He is the ruler of this earth. We can't pretend that we don't have an enemy who seeks, who, who roars around or uh, who prowls around like a roaring lion looking to devour anyone in his path who comes to kill, kill, steal, and destroy. This is our enemy. This is who we are fighting against. Him, his cronies, his principalities, all, all, all of those things, right? Not flesh and blood. Those are the things that we are fighting against, but yet we don't talk about it as a body. How can we be successful against our enemy when we don't know his strategies, when we don't know his schemes, we don't know his functionalities and his governmental system and, and how he operates and, and, and the why 
he does certain things. How is it that we are going to be successful against an enemy that we don't even talk about, we don't even acknowledge, and there is no conversation revolving around what to do against this guy? And definitely probably not deliverance, right? Because casting out demons and stuff like that. Oh, that that's scary, man. And, and supernatural spiritual stuff. But that is the battle that we are in. And what's crazy is many Christians don't even know there's a battle going on. Just here passing through, you know, living life. Uh, I'm going to be caught up to heaven and... Can't wait for Jesus to return. But what are you doing? What are you doing with the life that has been given to you while you are here? You're, you're just on cruise control? Are you getting active and doing as Jesus did? Jesus, everywhere he went, he healed the sick and cast out demons. Healed the sick, cast out demons. Went to this town, healed the sick, cast out demons. All power and authority has been given to Jesus Christ. Just as the Father has sent the Son, the Son has also sent you. If we are willed to be light and to walk in the light and to look and conform to light, why are we not doing the things that the light did while he was here on earth? Why? So what... What what are we to do? Well, we're to, we are to learn how to walk in the light. How do you do that? Well, you open up your Bible and you read and and discern what is pleasing to the Lord. You you read and you learn His precepts. You start to conform yourself by consuming yourself with the light. You are what you consume. You are where your heart is. You you are where your treasure lies. And if you put that thing in heaven. Your heart, your eyes, your body, your mind, your soul, your entire being is going to chase after that treasure, but it is getting our eyes off of this world and into the heavenlies. We are no longer of this world. We are in this world, but not of this world. We're not even human, guys. We are a new creature. Holy Spirit's reining me back in. I'm going crazy here. Harry Potter, light overcomes darkness. Harry Potter exposes the enemy. He says, I'm going to call him for who he is. That's Lord Voldemort. He killed my parents. He tried to murder me. He's trying to oppress all of these other friends of mine, these other good wizards. That is Lord Voldemort. I am going to expose him for who he is. I'm not going to tiptoe around him. I'm not going to take him lightly. I know he has a bunch of cronies that are doing rituals to give him power. I know he is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy my world and take my life. He's trying to force everybody to conform to him. I'm going to call him for who he is. That is Lord Voldemort. That is Satan. And this is how he operates and he builds up his army and he equips his army and he shows them <laughs> once again, guys, this movie is so demonic and, and I hate referencing this, but I hope you can uh, put your religious panties uh, that are in a bunch off to the side and understand here what Jesus Christ is speaking to you. There is no room for religion in the church. There's no room for it. We are free people. We are not bound. Religion is binding. It is of the law. 
it is you have to do this and say that and that is not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says you are free. You are light. Don't be bound by darkness. Don't be oppressed by what you were set free from. Don't let anybody judge you. <laughs> well, it, it, there is righteous forms of judgment. Uh, but it says, let me finish that. It says, don't let anyone judge you by festive or by drink or, or the holiday that you celebrate. And, and that's a whole other topic, but, but not for tonight. Listen. We need to expose, we need to equip, we need to understand the workings and inner workings of our enemy. The more that we know, you know, the Bible says that uh, they will perish for lack of knowledge. It is all about knowing Jesus Christ. It is all about knowing the power and authority that we have as believers. We are called to go and make disciples. We are called to go share the good news and carry the light of Jesus Christ everywhere that we go. Everywhere. We hold thought, hold our thoughts captive. We pull down powers and, and principalities and, and high and exalted things to the obedience of Christ. What is the obedience of Christ? Going and making disciples. Because where light is, darkness cannot be. Lord, help me. All right, what's, uh, what's my note says here? Say here. Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, what reality is bothers me. Um, I'm sure if my my some of my close friends are listening, they know my struggle with reality. And and I, don't be naive. I understand this is reality, but once again, there's more than what meets the eye. There's more than what we can see. Most people don't live in the reality that we can walk like Jesus Christ walked, and that's sad because that is our reality. And just because we don't believe something and just because we say, oh, it doesn't exist, doesn't mean that it's not true and that it doesn't exist. If we neglect to plan for a war that we are currently in, we're going to lose it. We're going to be blindsided by it. We're It's like being thrown in, literally just being dropped and thrown into a, a, a war and you're like, oh, shoot, like, I'm getting shot at, and I need to get a gun. What's a gun? How do I even work a gun? How, how do I shoot this thing? What, what? Can you just imagine being dropped into a war, no training, no debriefing, uh, not reading your MO? I don't know what the MO is, but not reading the objective and, 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 and whatever, like, just being tossed into a war. How are you going to survive? How are you going to be good at killing the enemy? How are you going to be good at liberating and completing your objective and walking out of there with a life and life abundantly? How are you going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and come out on the other side? If you don't know the true living God, if you don't have a relationship with him, if you are not walking in power, what are you walking in? Who do you know? I'm serious. So we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Let me read this. This is in Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We wrestle against cosmic powers 
over this present darkness. And let me uh, change versions here really quick. Uh, da, 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 da. Here it is. We wrestle against the world forces of this present darkness. If we are wrestling against darkness, why don't we bring some light? Where light is, darkness cannot be. I was formerly darkness. Now I am light. If we go and make disciples and create light, darkness starts to weaken. Darkness starts to get pushed back. We start taking ground that was Jesus Christ in the first place and taking back our lives. You don't take on principalities. You don't take on authorities and powers and, and heavenly beings, okay? Yeah, Jesus Christ has all authority, and as the, the Father has sent the Son, the Son has sent us. Yeah, that's great. This is where—but he is Jesus applies. He is the say-all, rule-all, over-all in the heavenlies. We're currently on earth. Of the world, or not of the world, but we're in the world. Yes, our residency is in heaven, but the authority that has been given to us is over the demons in our lives, the oppression in our lives, the demons in others' lives, not principalities. How do we go and take on principalities? Well, Jesus didn't say go into the earth and take on all the principalities and, and, and go march around your local strip clubs and things like that. What he said was go and make disciples because where light is, darkness cannot be. Do you understand? This is how we get engaged in a war. This is how we live out our calling. This is how we step into the will of God for our lives, which is to be light. Go shine your stinking light, man. All right. Uh, next verse here. We're, we're slowly coming to an end, but we are coming to the end. We are the will of God. We are ambassadors of light. We are to walk in the light. We are to shine the light. John uh, chapter 3, 19 and 20. And this is the judgment. This is after John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, right? Here's verses 19 and 20. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. Man, there's a lot of reference to light in the Bible. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Who knows that when we have hidden sin in our life and Satan starts to ensnare us, we love to isolate ourselves. We, we like to, oh, it's just a little, you know, drinking thing. I, I can handle this on my own. Or, oh, I just looked at some pornography and like, I, I'm too ashamed to tell somebody about that. But for some reason, I have to keep going back and, and I have to keep looking. And, and who knows that when the enemy starts to encamp us and we give him an open door and access to our life when we are not uh, obeying God's commandments and precepts when we are being darkness and practicing these sinful things the enemy loves to seal and confine and and hide himself and isolate us and and we don't need to tell anybody about that 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 do you know what that would do if you brought that to the light and exposed it? Yeah, it would take all his power away. 
But he tells us not to do those things. So we say trapped and hidden and, and bound and in and, and sin. People love the darkness because they don't, they don't, our flesh, it's here for a good time. It ain't here for a long time, baby. It's here for a good time because this flesh suit knows it can't go to heaven with us. Come on, this flesh is constantly trying to do lustful and evil and desires and things like that. That's why we have to die to ourselves, pick up our cross daily, humble ourselves fast, put our flesh into obedience to the spirit. Oh, guys, I hope you're getting this. Nobody really loves the light until you meet the light. Because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Those who hate the light do not come to the light, unless their works should be exposed. Unless their works should be exposed. Well, what would happen if we took the darkness in our lives and held it underneath light, held it underneath truth, exposed the darkness within our lives? What would happen? The enemy would not have power over us anymore. He's exposed. He is Lord Voldemort. He is Satan. Call it for what it is. Take authority over your lives. Addiction, you will have me no more. You are in my father's father and my father, but you will not be in me. It stops here. Addiction, I am canceling you in Jesus' mighty name. I am taking authority and obedience over this. My father in heaven is not addicted. My Savior in heaven, Jesus Christ, is not addicted. The Holy Spirit inside of me is not addicted. He is a free person. He is love. He is light. We need to expose darkness for what it is. We have too much religion in our churches. We have too much hidden sin that we're too ashamed to tell anybody. But we are commanded to go and share our sins to the right outlets here now, not just to everybody. Because there's some people that, even though they're in church, they're not really there for church, man. And they'll expose your stuff in a whole other way with discernment. We need to step forward and tell brothers and sisters that we trust leadership, pastoral leadership, elders that we trust, know and trust, discerning and praying on this, asking the Holy Spirit, we need to expose our sin. We need to come alongside of some other people, be empowered, be strengthened by, encouraged by, walk in the light. Walk in the light. That means you're surrounded by light. Yes, Jesus Christ is the light, but you want to be around other people that are the light. You want your light to be so bright. You want your light to be seen and seen and seen and seen, not for yourself, but for the glory of Jesus Christ. Don't mistake that because I know people are already going there. 
You want your light to be seen. You don't put a basket on your head, right? A, a city on the hill uh, is not hidden. You don't put a, a lamp underneath underneath a, a basket. Where light is, darkness can't be. And if there's a lot of light around you, boy, that's going to be bright. Imagine if I'm from Pennsylvania. Imagine if Pennsylvania was all light. Boy, that would shine all over the East Coast. That would that would shine towards the West. If Pennsylvania was all light, imagine the principalities, darknesses, authorities. Well, there wouldn't be any if it was all light. There's always going to be an enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But if we don't give him access, if we don't give him authority, if we call him for who he is, for whatever it is that is terrorizing us, if we call it for what it is, expose that to the light. Darkness has no power there. He cannot be there. The people who hate the light, they won't come to it unless their works are exposed by it. All right, let's get into Ephesians 5 here. Let no one deceive you with empty words. This is talking about those who are sexually impure and things of that such have no place in the kingdom of God. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who practice sexual immorality. Yeah, the Bible says that. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Ephesians 5. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. The same wrath of God that was meant for us, but Jesus Christ took on the cross for us. It's still here today. The veil's still here today. You got to ask Jesus Christ to lift that thing. Lord knows I still do. Therefore, do not become partners with them, the sons of disobedience. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And the will of the Lord is to walk as light. Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. If you said yes to Jesus Christ and you believe in him, you are co-crucified. Your old man is on that cross. Behold, new things have come. Spiritual death, a spiritual life. Brings new awakening, brings new life. 
Put away your old man. Put him away. Stop picking him up. He's dead. He doesn't even fit on you anymore. Because you got robes of righteousness. You have spiritual armor on you. You got the blood of Jesus running over you. You got power from on high coming out of you. Your old man, he doesn't fit anymore. Stop picking him up and trying to put him on. Stop it. If, if there is an area, this is what I'm talking about. If there is an area where you are still trying to put him on, that area needs exposed. That's an open door. That's an area of temptation. That's an area that, that you fall short in. And it's okay that we fall short. That's why Jesus Christ paid it for us. But we have a part to play. And that is walking in the light, exposing the light, holding every thought captive, pulling down strongholds, holding them to the obedience of Christ, exercising the authority that Christ has given us and staying in our lane and within God's protection. When we step outside of God's protection, how would we expect him to protect us? We're stepping out of it. We have to stay in it. When we're in it, we are covered. We are good. We are going to reap the blessings of what the Lord has promised. We are going to walk in power. Ourselves will be free. We are going to set others free. We will see many healed, many delivered, many come to Christ in Jesus' mighty name. But if we do not stay in him, if we do not walk in, in his precepts, if we are not of light, but focusing and, and fixating on darkness, well, I got a verse for that. The lamp of the body is the eye. This is Matthew 6, 22 and 23. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad and the amplified says, if your eye is bad, spiritually blind, your whole body will be full of darkness, devoid of God's precepts. So if the very light inside of you, your inner self, your heart, your conscious is darkness, how great and terrible is that darkness? If we're not focusing on the Lord and we're focusing on darkness, how great and how terrible is that darkness. James 5.16. Uh, King James, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The fervent, I'm going to go through a couple different versions here. The prayer of a righteous man, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Confess your sins. Pray for one another that we may be healed. If we are demon-possessed, First, we, we, we have to want freedom. If we don't want freedom, God, he is not going to give that to us. Is it God's will that we receive freedom? Absolutely. But if our will 
is not coming into agreement with his, he's not going to violate our will. So we have to willingly come out of darkness, expose that darkness to somebody else. Yes, you can do it to, to the Lord between you and him, but there is something that by the power of the blood and the word of our testimony, by confessing to one another, okay, we have to choose to love light and not love darkness. We have to choose to expose darkness within ourselves and bring it to the light. Share, pardon me, share this with somebody else. Then pray for one another. Pray for one another. Because when you are walking in the light, when you are walking how God has commanded you to walk, that means you'll be walking in power and your prayers will not be hindered. They will be heard from God and answered. The Bible says, if you ask in my name, you will be given it. What you, you, have not, you have not received because you have not asked. Whatever it is that you ask in, in, in my name, you will get it. Whatever I ask, I will get it. Because there is power in my tongue. But that comes from living a life of purity. Back in John, you know, it says that Jesus was the light that he was pure, that there, were, there was no uh, blemish found within him. And thank God that he forgives us of our sins and forgets them. That is how we are in right standing with God. He's not up there saying, oh, Christian, uh, you, uh, you remember back in third grade when you did that thing. I don't think I can ever forgive you of that. I'm, I'm just going to hold that over your head and I'm going, I'm, I, God, your father who loves you, I'm going to oppress you. Yeah, that thing back in third grade. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Because God has forgiven you. He doesn't hold it against you. He forgives and forgets your sins. Ah, oh, there's a verse here. Verse 9 in 1 John chapter 1. If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises. Remember this. And will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually. That means that we're going to continually need to be cleansed. Sorry, my camera is um, not in focus. We're back. From all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose, he's going to rid that out of us. But what do we have to do? Freely. We have to freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins. But if we don't call Satan for who he is, if we don't call out that thing, that darkness in our life, if we don't expose it to the light, we are going to give it authority and power and we will lose and we will walk in an area that is not yielded to the Lord. And Satan knows if there's an area that is not yielded to the Lord, there's an area that he can control and manipulate and twist in you. But if you are a free person, why are you choosing to live in bondage?
Why? Get out of there. That's not your life. That is not your portion. That is not your inheritance to live in bondage. God came to give life and life abundantly. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Do not come into agreement with him. But how would you know if you're in agreement with him if you don't know what God's will is? If you don't know what Jesus Christ wants for you? If you don't understand how Satan works and operates? So the word is this. We need to expose Satan for what he is. And I have a, just a small excerpt from this book here that I'm going to read. Identifying demons is destructive to their kingdom because it brings light into the situation. Uh, this book is from John Eckhard. It's called Deliverance and Spiritual Warfare. Uh, it's a manual, a comprehensive guide to living free. You can see why I'm all uh, crazy right now um, because of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Identification destroys their cover of darkness. It brings them out of hiding and exposes them. I've heard some say you don't have to call demons by their different names. Don't talk about the devil. Just ignore him and, and keep your eyes on Jesus. This sounds good, but it is exactly what demons want you to believe. I have found that churches that won't teach on deliverance and demons or teach about the different kinds of evil spirits don't usually cast out many devils. This is because demons are able to hide under the cover of darkness when they are not identified and called out. Do you know your identity in Christ? Do you know that you have a real enemy who is constantly, never, ever, ever ceasing? He doesn't sleep. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for anyone that he can devour. This guy, he does not play fair. He hates you. He hates you. He hates you. He wants to jack your life up and he will do it any way that he can. And let me tell you something, something as simple as parents having an unplanned pregnancy and they're like, oh man, I don't, I don't know if we can take on this child. I, I don't know if we want him or her. That right there just gave legal access in the spirit for permission for a demon of rejection to enter the womb into that baby. And that baby's not even out of the womb yet. And he's now susceptible to demonic powers, influences, and oppression. But that's not fair. But Satan doesn't play fair. But God has given us authority and power to say to this mountain, move, be cast into the sea. But we have to open our mouths while being led by the Spirit, while worshiping in spirit and in truth, while being light, walking in light, walking in God's protection for us, the righteous man's prayer availeth much. Look at Elijah. Dude prayed for no rain. 
and it didn't rain for three and a half years. We're talking flesh and blood, Elijah. Are you not flesh and blood? Are you not a, 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 a person? Nobody can claim a spiritual superiority. So yeah, technically you could pray for no rain and it happened potentially up to three and a half years. You can be just like Paul. You could be just like Peter. Better yet, you could be just like Jesus. But you have to have a connection. You have to follow commandments and precepts. Not as a bound person, but as a free person. God has such a blessing for you and your life to walk in power, to walk in authority, to walk in dominion. God says to eat and kill and eat, to go trample over scorpions and serpents, to make the land subject to your hands. Be fruitful and multiply. Take your talents and grow them. Fruit. If it is the opposite of that, you're coming into agreement with something that is not God's will for your life. And you need to learn how to come against that thing. You need to learn how to open your mouth, call the thing for what it is, expose it to the light, and render darkness useless. Yeah, so we need to expose the enemy and discuss battle strategies, guys. Um, it is not to exalt Satan. It's not to give him a platform, but it's to expose him. And there's a difference. Be discerning. Understand that. That's all I got. I feel a release. Um, I was thinking this was going to be like a small word, but the Holy Spirit just like took it and went with it. Um, so yeah, this word, sermon, teaching. <laughs> oh, Lord. I love you guys. I call you blessed. In the name of Jesus, I will, uh, I'll be praying for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's a battle coming, and we're already in a battle. I should say there's a war coming. And you don't want to get caught with your pants down. You already have the spiritual armor on you. Put it to work. You already have the authority. Put it to work. You already have the identity. Put it on. Believe. You're not called a believer without reason. We live by faith. Believe. Believe. Simply believe. And these signs will follow. Thank you, Jesus. I love you guys. I hope this word is encouraging, and uh, if you made it to the end, put that thing in the comments. Say, hey, I made it to the end. 
the Lord bless me with this word. Uh, write a little bit of encouragement to somebody in the comment section. Share what you have learned. Comment what you have learned. Like, scribe, sh share all the things. Um, go be the light. Go be the will of God. <laughs> I, love, I love you guys. All right. Have a good night.